What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 24. Make sure to check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. If you like, follow, and retweet when a new episode comes out, you might have a chance to hop on the pod, talk some sports with us. As always, I'm Michael Akeem, joined here by Vito Patel. And Vito, this weekend, the college basketball season is wrapping up as we head into the conference tournaments right before March Madness. Yeah, March is in the air, and there's a lot of crazy things happening in college basketball as of late. Actually, last weekend, last Saturday, first time in college basketball history, all six of the top six teams lost. And I mean, even in terms of like any sport, I can't even like for that to happen on the same weekend. These are the six best teams in the whole sport to lose on the same day is crazy. So we had number one, Gonzaga losing to St. Mary's, number two, Arizona losing to Colorado. Uh, number three, Auburn losing to Tennessee. Number four, Purdue losing to Michigan State. And yet another three-pointer at the last few seconds of a fourth-quarter game. Then we had number five, Kansas losing to number 10, Baylor. Number six, Kentucky losing to number 18, Arkansas. And then number nine, Texas Tech, which is not a part of the top six, but number nine, Texas Tech also lost. So seven teams in the top 10 lost for the first time in college basketball history as well. Yeah, that last week set up March pretty well because as we head into now this weekend, we had some pretty close games still. But as for our two teams, one team looks pretty good. The other is not great. Uh, Definitely, I thought it'd be the other way around at this point in the season Same. for Notre Dame and IU. Absolutely. I mean, and they both these teams actually funny enough played each other in the Crossroads Classic. And IU won that matchup and Notre Dame started the season off pretty slow and IU started the season off undefeated and looking pretty hot. So I'm really surprised at how the tables have turned. Yeah, it looked like IU was one of the first four teams out. And then after heartbreaking loss to Purdue in a close game, two-point game, uh, unless they win the Big Ten or do something crazy in the Big Ten tournament, I think IU is out. Um, But Notre Dame looks second in the ACC heading into the tournament and they look pretty good finishing the season 22 and nine. Absolutely. Yeah. They've been led by a uh, freshman sensation. Uh, Blake Wesley who's averaging 14.9 and they have a big man, Paul Atkinson and another shooter, Dane Goodwin. And just, I don't know, just one of those uh, Mike Bray teams that like, he seems to have one really good player and a couple other just, just uh, overall strong, solid playmakers that help, uh, the team. I mean, uh, Michael, if you remember the 2015 and 2016 teams that both made uh, elite eight appearances, this seems to be a team that's somewhat similar. The 2015 team with Jaron Grant, 2016 team with Demetrius Jackson. Yeah, Connaughton was on those teams too. Bonzi Colson. Oh yes, those are those are some fun runs. And I think, I mean, I think this is kind of like a similar lineup. You got a lot of playmakers, and you got the like. Amazing point guard. Uh, Wesley's, I'd say, is somewhat similar to Jaron Grant and Demetrius Jackson in that sense. I don't know if they have the depth that that team had, but yeah, they went up against some good people. They're still second in the ACC, way above my expectations. Oh, absolutely. I didn't even think they were going to compete at all. Yeah, the thing is, the ACC only has one ranked team right now in Duke, who's the one seed. Despite Notre Dame being good, what's more surprising is the ACC having a, that down of a year. Yeah. Uh, Big Ten, on the other hand, a lot of ranked teams, a lot of teams that can make the tournament. Because if I use on the first four out, they ended ninth in the Big Ten, so or eighth. Absolutely, Big Ten is such a strong conference this year, which kind of helps with IU because I think they had a few big wins because of how tough their conference is, despite all the losses they've had. 
Yeah, but I mean, we'll see how the tournament goes. Uh, looking good for our name, not looking so hot for IU in terms of tournament chances. Yeah, hopefully IU makes it. But regardless, uh, once March Madness comes around, uh, we're gonna bring some more basketball coverage. Oh yes, that's this has to be one of my favorite sporting events, March Madness. It's it's good every year, no matter what. Absolutely, just so entertaining and so much craziness happening all the time. All right, but then now for this week's NBA talk, we actually got to rank it. And I think the NBA season has been almost as crazy as the college season. I mean, we haven't had too much NBA coverage, but we've seen some surprises this year. Yeah, and with that, this week for our rank it, we're ranking the top five biggest surprise teams in the NBA so far this season, about the 65 game mark. So about a little month and a half left of the season. And yeah, we've seen some pretty crazy outcomes so far. Uh, I think what's really surprising for me per, before we get started on the individual teams is how even the East is. I think there's a five-game separation for the sixth seed and the one seed. Yeah, and then the just equally as big a surprise is how kind of weak the West is. <laughs> yeah, outside of like top three teams, yeah, everyone's kind of not that good. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big switch from just a few years ago and the West was the power conference. Uh, that's done a 180. You got two teams out of the West, in my opinion, and like five out of the East. I mean, it's about time. Like, you see the Western Conference is just a bloodbath now. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be dangerous because, yeah, like you're saying, I would say you'd have two real contenders in the West. But I think five to six teams have somewhat of a shot to win it. And I wouldn't be too surprised if any of the top four of the East win it. I mean, not the top four standing-wise, but there's four teams in the East I wouldn't be surprised would win it. This is pretty subjective. Uh, so not really criteria, but if we do need to bring in like numbers or something to do this tiebreaker, if we're stuck between two, uh, I think we're going to take a look at like the preseason kind of win projections, see where teams were kind of expected and then, you know, maybe how far above or below expectations they are at this point in the season. With that being said, do you have a number one or a number five? I think it's, this one's easier to start from the top. I do have a one. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with this one, but I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, I didn't even think they'd be near the playoff conversation, let alone well in it. Yep, that was my number one. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, this team uh, was 22 and 50 last year. They were nowhere near that mark to make the playoffs. But to go crazier, like to make this even like tougher for them, They've did all this with Colin Sexton, which a lot of people think is their best player, missing almost the whole season. He only played 11 games, and they now have a 36-26 and 26 record, already a better record than last year. Yeah, and to kind of bring in the numbers we were talking about, they their win projection was 27 and a half games. That puts them at the fifth worst record in the league projected for the season. 36 wins already on the year, so well ahead of that. And in the sixth seed in a pretty tough East, only five and a half games out of the one seed. Which is insane, yeah. And their 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 team is handicapped and isn't even really that good. But uh, what surprised me, their leading scorer, Darius Garland, who's averaging 20 and a half points, uh, is only 22 years old. Rookie Evan Mobley, he's only 20 years old, is averaging 14.7 points. And those are the leading scorers. And then their next three best scorers, uh, Jared Allen, was 23. Colin Sexton, when he played, was 23, and Laurie Markin is 24. They're a very young team, Michael, and I think uh, if they're, they're already getting these wins now, they're going to be a dangerous team to come in the future. 
And they got two All-Stars this year in Garland and Jared Allen. Yeah, Garland, I was surprised because uh, I think Garland uh, plays the same position as Sexton or like similar. I think he plays a two-guard. Sexton plays point guard. And yeah, he really stepped up after Colin Sexton going down. So it's kind of a win-win now because next year they're going to have Sexton. And they also added Karis LeVert. Yeah, adding Karis, who he's out right now. But yeah, they got two good players in, in Sexton and, and Karis, who when they come back like next year, provide even more depth. Yeah, that, that Cavaliers team is going to be a team to beat. Uh, yeah, definitely have to be the surprise of the season. I think that one was pretty easy. Yeah. I think it's pretty pretty tough now. It does, because a lot of surprises. I mean, actually, both of our teams, we kind of discussed them last week. They were both surprisingly better than last year. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to put either of them here. I was kind of thinking for number two, honestly. I was looking towards the Grizzlies. No, that, that was a team I was thinking of, too, because very similar to the Cavaliers. I know the Grizzlies made the playoffs last year, but they're still just at a whole nother level than they were even last year. Yeah, and I think it's that's led by by Jaw, and he's playing way better than... I mean, he's he's taken a step in each of his first couple of years, but step last year to this year has been a huge one. I think what Jaw reminds me of right now is MVP Derrick Rose, literally just explosive, has... Has a pretty good shot, and I mean, just plays way faster than everyone around him. I mean, and he's he's actually younger than MVP Rose. He's 22 years old, which is just also insane. Yeah, and again, we want to bring it back to the win projection numbers. They actually have also passed their projection already. They didn't crush it like the Cavs have, but they're projected 41 and a half games, so like 42, and they're they're 40. They're sitting at 43 and 21 right now. Wow, that's amazing. Half game out from the two C as well. I actually think they're going to pass the Golden State Warriors uh, as of right now because they just seem a lot more hot. And Job Rant's playing his best basketball. I think Steph Curry started the season off pretty hot, but it's slowing down. And I mean, it's not just Job. Their whole team is pretty young. There's they're the Cavs of the the West. They have Jaron Jackson, who's 22 years old, averaging 16 and a half. Dylan Brooks, I know he's 26, a little older, but he's averaging 18.4. And Desmond Bain is averaging 17 and a half, and he's 23. So. They have four players that are leading them in scoring that are 26 and younger. And, I mean, they play really good defense, too. They're uh, All these players are two-way players. Yeah, I mean, led by a 22-year-old fringe MVP candidate. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the top five for the MVP race now, which is rightfully so. He In the last week, he dropped a 46-point game and a 52-point game. So he's playing the best basketball of his career at the right time. Looking next, number three. I was kind of thinking, you know, surprises can also be they can be surprisingly good or they can be surprisingly bad. Uh, the Lakers have kind of been surprisingly bad. Yeah, that's kind of the story of the year. Because, uh, I mean, they had they got Russell Westbrook, too. Everyone was like, they're like the meanest big three. You have Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron. I mean, a lot of people knew spacing was going to be an issue, and no one was really sure how it was going to work. They were just superstars. Yeah. I kind of thought, I said when the season started, I thought they would figure it out, but you need Anthony Davis playing to figure it out. Yeah, he's been missing a lot of time. I mean, injuries have definitely crushed the Lakers. But, I mean, you can't always make an excuse for that, especially when you have, like, three superstars. Plus, I mean, there's there's games that all three of them played and they still lost. So, in general, I think it's more, I mean, injuries is definitely a factor, but it's more than just injuries. They're just, at times, just bad. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they're pretty tough to watch sometimes. I mean, Anthony Davis, how many games has he even played? It hasn't been very many. And right when he came back, he got hurt. His ankle went the wrong way out again. Kendrick Nunn, I don't even think we've seen him this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, LeBron's missed some time, but I think honestly, he's the only good thing on that team. I mean, he's averaged almost 29 points a game when he is in. Town Horn Tucker is underperformed. Yeah. I don't know. They've had so many people missing time and the chemistry looks horrible. The defense looks horrible. Like you just watch the Lakers sometime and you're just like, what is even happening? Like their numbers look like not great, but watching them, it looks even worse. It is so surprising too. Uh, they lost their last four as we speak right now. Given that they just won the championship two years ago and they just added more superstars since like definitely didn't see this coming. And I mean, LeBron said uh, until he basically dies, he gives the Lakers a chance to win it. So, I mean, I kind of agree with that because come playoff time, that like the, the rest of the season yeah, doesn't matter. He does and, step it up. But that's the thing. He steps it up. But how much more can he step it up? Dropping like almost 30 point triple yeah. doubles. What is the man supposed to do? I was going to say, he's been playing pretty good. Like, it's not really on him. And yeah, he's 37. Like, for him to be averaging 29 is just insane. No, there's it has to be Russell Westbrook, especially Anthony Davis, getting back to health. Uh, that's gonna turn this thing around for them. Yep. Yeah, it's it's either them for me, uh, the Lakers for number three, or the Knicks have been really bad too, given that they had that really surprisingly good season last year. I never have really thought like that high of the Knicks. Um, if we want to bring in the numbers perspective, like the the win projections, I mean. They were projected to be on pace with the Grizzlies, actually, at uh-huh. 41 and a half. Uh, their current record is 26 and 38. So they are well behind schedule. They've really taken a step back. And it, it's different because it's not like they've been really actually like the Knicks have been especially bad because they haven't really been that injured. They just their players took a step back, especially star Julius Randle from last year. He dropped from. He was averaging 24 points a game last year and dropped all the way to 19, which is five points. But the biggest thing was last year he was averaging 41% behind the arc, and now he's only shooting 29. He's just missing threes, breaking them, and it's been painful for the Knicks. Uh, they've also had some injuries to deal with, like D. Rose has been out. That's true. He was good off the bench. Oh, and Kemba Walker, right? He hasn't been playing. They shut him down for the season, yeah. Yeah, so they've had chemistry issues, and... The only bright spot for the Knicks, I know like the Lakers had a bright spot with LeBron playing good. Uh, RJ Barrett stepped up his game even again. Now he's averaging almost 20 points a game. He's at 18.9. And the first three picks of that year, uh, when you talk about Zion Williamson followed by Ja and then RJ, surprisingly, Zion's not the best of that group. It's the other two. I mean, he needs to play. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Actually, when Zion was playing, he was pretty good, though. Yeah, he did actually just come back. He's going to start working with the team again. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, they'll be pretty good with him. But um, between the Lakers and the Knicks, I guess, for three and maybe even four. Well, here's the thing. So bringing it back to the win projections, like I said, the Knicks are a little bit below. They're projected 41 and a half. They're only at 25. The Lakers were projected 52 and a half wins. Okay, that's the third best record in the league projected. Uh, they're sitting at the nine seed with only 27 wins, 25 losses. So they are way uh, behind. Actually, yeah, that analytics definitely puts that perspective. Yeah, Lakers are definitely a uh, lot more surprisingly Horrible. bad. 
Yeah, the Knicks are. You want to put the Knicks at four? I kind of want to. I kind of want to bring in the, no bias, but I kind of want to bring in the Heat right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they are pretty surprising. But what does the analytics say for them? Uh, the Heat were projected forty eight and a half wins on the season. Uh, we're at we're sitting first at forty two and twenty two. You know that's kind of reasonable though. It's like not that surprising either. Oh, they'll they'll be a fifty win team, so they'll pass it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think they'll be probably fifty five plus. Uh, the thing is though, so the Heat have played sixty four games. Right, so Duncan's played in sixty one. He's our most by far. PJ Tucker's playing 56, even though he's out right now, so he's missing some time. Uh, and those two are like normal, pretty much starters. Gabe Vincent is our third most frequent player at 55. Then Dwayne Dedman at 54. Tyler Hero, Max Struess, 51. Caleb Martin, 49. Kyle Lowry, 48. Omar Yurtsevin, 45. Jimmy Butler and Bam, 44 and 39. Wow. The only people that have played less than Bam for Miami this year are Kyle Guy, Markeith Morris, Udonis Haslam, and Haywood Highsmith, who I did not hear about till the next game. That's insane. So, actually, you know, you got a point. I I, I saw that, too. I was like, I, I heard that the Heat were like, I mean, they, they had the one seed in a really stacked East, and that's without being fully healthy. And they don't even have Depot the whole season, I don't think. So, like, yeah, that, that is pretty surprising. And right now, I think, too, at the beginning of the season, they didn't project the East to be so good because uh, the Cavaliers and Bulls surprisingly made a leap forward. But, like, no one else really took a step back either. So there's just more good teams in the East. And so when there's more good teams in a conference, it's hard to win games. So that makes it even more surprising for the Heat mm-hmm. to be number one despite all those injuries. So, actually, I do like that. Butler and Bam are the 10th and 11th most played players on in terms of games played on Miami. Wow, which are definitely the two best players. Yeah, but they've they've missed a lot of time. And the thing is, so coming come getting back healthy, I'm kind of excited for Miami. We get those two back on the floor regularly. Uh, I mean, Bam has just recently came back. P.J. Tucker, I think, is going to come back soon. Butler will come back soon. Depot is supposed to come back this Monday. Yeah, oh, man, that's going to be huge. Kyle Lowry, he's not injured. He's just not playing. But, yeah, the Heat have been crazy deep. Yeah, and all of them are, like, tough physical players that are gritty. And, like, any team that plays the Heat in the playoffs, is it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy team. Like, like 76ers, I want to say, is one of the toughest teams right now. And they don't match up well with the Heat, to be honest. They don't have enough depth, I feel like, to, especially since they trade a lot of it away. I mean, the thing is, once you get playoff time, your rotation gets cut down to, like, seven or eight anyway. Yeah, but a gritty seven or eight, that's fresh. I mean, that's what that's the Heat kind of did true. during the bubble. Yeah, the Heat could play nine, ten, probably, honestly. Yeah. With Because with how much, like, exposure, how many minutes, like, guys like like Caleb Martin and Max Struess are getting, or Gabe Vincent. Fresh legs in the playoffs is going to go hard, especially during a stretch of a series. But, yeah, I like them. I like them at uh, four. Now five. Who's going to wrap up the list? Okay, I do want to comment on my Bulls. I actually don't think they belong here. And I'm going to say because I actually thought that because Vucevic didn't play much last year, so it doesn't really count. So basically, I'm going to say this is the first year with Vucevic because he only had a few games last year. And I'll say this is the first year with DeRozan and like definitely first year at Ball and Caruso. And like those four players that's added to a team that we didn't really lose much, I actually expected us to do pretty well. Uh, like remember the before the season started, like the group chat, I was saying like, you know, 
we actually added a lot of depth. We had an all-star in uh, Vucevic and DDR who's averaging 20-plus points a game. And then the in terms of depth, Alonzo, Caruso, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I actually thought the team was going to be good. It's just, you know, since we haven't made the playoffs since Butler, no one really, like, it was surprising to the average fan. But it made sense. We have, we just add the piece, right pieces. Oh, and then we also add Io to the draft. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a good addition of players. Four seed makes sense. I, I thought we were going to be, you know, four to six seed anyways. I mean, I, I will say you surprised me. I think I said Bulls were around a seven seed. Yeah, I was thinking more play in. You were thinking right above the play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk to their projection? They're projected 42 and a half. So they're about to cross that. They're already at 39 wins. That's awesome. Yeah, we're probably going to get past the projection. I hope so, unless you have a very tough end of the year. <laughs> well, I mean, we're on a tough stretch. We're on a four-game losing streak right now. It's been tough. After winning six in a row, we lost the last four. I think the one thing for the Bulls, though, is I guess this kind of knock on, on how surprising they are, I guess. I think the record against the top teams has not been stellar. I agree. Yeah. So in this losing streak, we lost to the Grizzlies, Heat, and Bucks. And then we lost the Hawks, which is kind of surprising. But those three of those were like elite teams, and we don't do well against elite teams. But I mean, I projected that they, they were going to beat all the bad teams. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's good to take your business where you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, I think we could talk Warriors maybe, but I kind of I thought they were going to be good. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about how, yeah, they're going to be good. And I'm surprised how good Curry started the season with, though. Like, he was playing prime Curry, but then he kind of got back down to reality as of late. Yeah, I think we did do a, like, a rank it or something where we picked, like, we thought top three seeds were going to be. I think I had the Warriors at around the two seed. So I guess, <laughs> I guess they're not surprising me. Knicks are still on the table, but just, I don't know. <laughs> Knicks kind of seem like a boring team that I don't really want to include in this. Another disappointment, you can talk Trailblazers. Yeah, that was tough. But Lillard missing some time also because he only played 29 games this year. And like, in my opinion, Trailblazers without Lillard are just not that good anyways. But the thing that kind of was bad for the Trailblazers is even when Lillard played, he only averaged 24 a game, which I guess is not bad at all. But he's like one of the top scorers in the league and he averaged 28 last year. So even... Like dropping that makes the team a lot worse. Yeah, and in the eleven seed, so not even in the play-in. Yeah, that's tough. There's one more team actually. It's the Nets. They've been pretty bad too. All right, so I mean, the Nets were projected to have the best record in the league. Their projected win was fifty-six and a half. Well, the thing is, Kyrie hasn't been able to play any games, and now recently he gets to play some games. KD's been out. Uh, Joe Harris, they lost for the season. They, they've had almost every injury you can have yeah. as well. And then trading away Harden for some depth and uh, Ben Simmons, if he's ever going to play. The thing is, though, like we talked about last week, come playoff time, I still think the Nets are favorites to win the East. Uh, when you're looking at like the other side, the team that was favored from the West, uh, I, come playoff time, I don't think the Lakers do that much. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think I think the cool thing about the Nets is they'll have more rested legs. Uh, Simmons, if he comes, he should be back by playoff times. 
He's more than rusty. He's too rusty. It's been a year since <laughs> he played. He might be played. rusty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel that. Katie, is getting back from his injury, so it'll be a nice rest too. Honestly, uh, you and like Kyrie, Kyrie only has played half the games, but I think by playoff time too, I was hearing that like he might even be able to play home games. So like, if this team is fully healthy in the playoffs, I totally agree they'll be tough to beat, especially. With the depth they got, with you know, Seth Curry is gonna be a good addition. With Drummond, like mm-hmm. they're they got some size too. Finally, and then Simmons is actually a pretty good defender. I don't think he'll score much, especially when he did last year. But I mean, he doesn't have to score. You got Kyrie and Katie for a reason. And Seth. And Seth, yeah, you got you got scores for sure. Even they got Scott Goran Drakic was a good addition too. They got scores, and and honestly, Simmons loves passing. I mean, he'll pass out of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben Simmons slander, bro. It's never gonna end. <laughs> I always find a way to get get him involved. And honestly, I don't like Kyrie on a lot of defensive matchups, but in the playoffs, like you know, Kyrie won't have to guard like tough point guard matchups because uh, Simmons could take care of that. Yeah, so I, I think the Nets are honestly fine. I think their first round matchups might be a little tougher. The reason I include them on this list, though, what really surprised me is that they were five and sixteen without like. KD, because they had Kyrie for some of those games, and even Harden was there for some of those games before he was traded away. I don't know. I is the problem with the Nets is they need all their superstars because their team doesn't have much depth. So they're a really bad team without either of those two, or even both, or one of those two. You want to know actually who surprised me a little bit so far this year? That I mean, I haven't really watched too much. The Timberwolves. Yeah, actually, it's a good point because. I mean, I I can't. I'm not even used to them winning games. Uh, being plus five hundred. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bad stretch, but it was Anthony Edwards taking a step up and like Cat shooting lights out. He won the three point contest as a center. Cat's having a good year. I I love to see it. I I was actually I like Cat. They got a big three going on. D'Lo with nineteen, Anthony Edwards with twenty one, and Cat with twenty four. That's a nice team. It's a nice little team. Yeah, and. If we want to talk win projections, they're about to pass theirs. Theirs was 35 and a half. They're sitting at 35 and 29. So one more win there. They'll be one of the few teams that have already passed their projections. Wow. Actually, I, I do like the Timberwolves here. I like to have a positive surprise. Yeah, we had to end with a positive. We couldn't have yeah. the Knicks on there. So I don't really like having Knicks on any list. I don't think they should have much time on this pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they have been kind of a disappointment. It's not as big of a disappointment as the Lakers. Yeah, and honestly, my expectations with the Knicks are generally low anyways. So. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that much of them. I didn't think. I thought seven or eight seed, six seed maybe if the conference is kind of weak. But yeah, yeah, with a strong Eastern Conference, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're getting close. Because, I mean, out of the teams that are ahead of them right now, the only team that I thought they would be better than definitely was the Wizards. Because, like, the Hornets are pretty good. They're pretty young. The Hawks were in the conference finals last year, and then you got Nets, Raptors, Cavs, Celtics, Bulls, Bucks, Sixers, Heat. The only one of that maybe that I was a little surprised, but we already made it the number one was the Cavs. I thought they'd probably be better than the Cavs, but they're, that's they're the biggest surprise for a reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like the list. I think it's a good list. Yeah, I like the Timberwolves at five. That's that's solid. All right, so our top surprises of the NBA season so far. We're the most surprised about how good the Cavs are. Now we're the second most surprised about how good Jaw and the Grizzlies are. We are pretty surprised how bad the Lakers have been. 
surprised how good the Heat have gone with a lot of big players missing time. And then we wrap it up. We were surprised with how good the Timberwolves have been and how their core guys have all taken a step up since last year. Absolutely. No, that's a great list. Yeah, the Timberwolves stuck up on me. I, I didn't realize how good oh, the big three was doing. Yeah, because I, I really that's not really a team that you follow because you kind of expect them to be bad. Yeah, lull their way through the year. But I love that. I love Cap getting back together. Yeah, I like Ant. Yeah, no, Anthony Edwards is fun, really fun. Uh, crazy athletic. He's, yeah, he's he's gonna be good for years to come. And D'Lo getting his stuff back together. He's D'Lo's always gonna be a third, fourth, but I mean, yeah, second or third best player on any team. Like he's not gonna lead a team, but like, mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's embracing his role and like just being a good solid scoring option. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. We got the last month and a half stretch of the NBA. Oh, playoffs are going to be so hyped this year, especially at the Eastern Conference, bro. East, both our teams are going to make the playoffs. And honestly, I don't want the only team I actually want to play, funny enough, is the Cavs because everyone else is scary. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the Cavs, who are our biggest surprise, are definitely the team you want to see first. Oh, well, yeah, Raptors, if you can get them. But then Cavs. Because mm-hmm. probably not going to be, not saying they're not good, but like, do you really want to play the Sixers with like Harden and Embiid or like the. Bucks, who just won the championship last year, or like, um, I mean, <laughs> the Nets. The Nets or, are the eight seed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even the Celtics, which have all that playoff experience. Yeah, because you could have JT or Jalen Brown go off at any moment for like they could explode for fifty. They could stay together and probably win something if they're only twenty four and twenty five. Well, um, they uh, yeah, I mean they're always close. They got to do something to get over the hump, and I don't see it happening again this year. Yeah, they're just a little younger than all the other teams, too. I don't think JT is like the established bona fide superstar that can like take you to the promised land. At least, at least not yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on him. No, I agree. He does uh drop points and uh, at any given time. So like they could win a ge- he could win a game against one of those good teams, but I don't think he could win a series. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, between the Heat and the Celtics, it's four and a half games. So it's it's tight. I think there's going to be a lot of movement. That's, yeah, a lot, a lot could happen. Everyone's only a game or two ahead or behind of the people around them. It's a close, it's a close battle this year. That was a good ranking. We had a good list, a lot of good surprises. We narrowed it down to five. Yeah, good year so far. I'm excited. March Madness and playoffs. This is basketball prime time this year. Yeah, the conference championships are going to be good. Then March Madness has to be one of my favorite sporting events. And then right after that, we go NBA playoffs and then a little break before we start talking football again. Yes, sir. And with that, we'll be back again next week, probably talking college basketball, maybe. Eh, I like talking NBA, though. All right, we will see you guys next week.